Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by AssholeConsulting.com, Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. Your host, Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Greetings and salutations. Uh, it is the Clary Podcast. This is the, the podcast Aaron wanted to do because uh, he still doesn't want to write. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking it off for the weekend. I, I'm being a very romantic, nice boyfriend. I know I am known for being a lovable guy with a heart, and I can tell you exactly where I'm going this weekend, um, because I, had, I tried to keep it a secret from the, from the GF. I didn't want to know. See, it would be a normal, let me give you little boys some, some advice here, you young men. <clears throat> if you're going to take, if you go on a date, you have a regular date scheduled, and you tell your girlfriend what you're going to do, or your wife, or, hey, we're going to go to this restaurant and we're going to go to this hotel. Oh, it's nice, but you only get, I'd say, a quarter, maybe a quarter or a third of the benefit if you do the costless, costless, truly costless. It costs you nothing more than to not tell her, to say it's a surprise, and then they get all excited. So it's, called, it's the exact same thing you're going to do, exact same cost. And if all you do is is say, well, I have a surprise. Oh, they, it's, it triples or quadruples the value. The girls think that they're, oh, wow, ooh, hey. you know, I mean, literally, you could be like, hey, I got a surprise. You get ice cream. Yeah, it's just a little surprise. Really? And they get their endorphins up, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, you take them to get ice cream. If you just said, hey, let's go get some ice cream, they're kind of like, yeah, okay, yeah, let's get some ice cream. It's hot. <clears throat> I hope there's not a line. But, you know, no no effort. That's just just, just a, a free one. That's a freebie for you kids from assholeconsulting.com, from old ca- uh, older brother Clary there. So there was the, there's the river. Atham, look this up. To the, to the east, the entire border of Minnesota and Wisconsin is basically two rivers, the St. Croix, and the Mississippi, and the Mississippi—it's pretty beautiful all all the way up and down, like cliffs and everything. There's not a lot of cliffs or hills in in the Midwest, um, and so what little scenery we get is usually by rivers because they're cutting paths and swaths out of the landscape. And so um, the Mississippi and the St. Croix do that. So it's it's a, and then there's two roads more or less follow the Wisconsin side down and the Minnesota side down. And there's it's kind of where you get into the Mark Twain era like you feel you're on one of them big ass steamship paddle boats that had gambling back in the cowboy uh frontier days and i just watched maverick by the way the movie not the tv show and uh there's these little river towns along the way some of which have gotten bigger winona lacrosse uh dubuque and I had t- my last motorcycle ride i was going to go through chicago but i'm like damn it i do not want to drive that damn highway 94 again i've driven that enough because i used to live in milwaukee and, and in college i'd always go back and forth between minneapolis and milwaukee used to live in chicago so i'd always drive that I'm like, i am not taking that damn road i don't need to see toma wisconsin again 
I don't need to see Linden Station. I don't need to see, uh, well, what's one of some of the other ones? I don't need to see Hudson again. I don't need to see Eau Claire. I don't need to see any of these towns. I want to go someplace different. And so what I did is I followed the river. I had never been south of La Crosse, Wisconsin, along the river. And it's very picturesque. It's very beautiful. There's some docks and everything. But then when you cut over, uh, I think it's Highway 20, you get to Dubuque because the roads aren't logical or efficient. You got to recut over the the um, from the Wisconsin side. You got to cut back over into Dubuque, Iowa, which, by the way, is a very pretty city. And then you cut over the the river again. You get to this town called Galena, Illinois, and this is where I think President I knew President Grant lived there. I don't know if he retired there or he lived there or what. Uh, but President Grant's house is there, and it's this quaint little, you know, bed and breakfasty type of eighteen seventies type of town. Really quaint and cute. And uh, there's another town we're going to stop in on the way down, uh, Red Wing. Uh, and I've been there. It's, it's, it's a river town. Just These are all little river towns, <clears throat> some of which not so small. Red Wing books come from Red Wing. Fair Marina there. It's, it's, it's going to become a suburb one of these days pretty soon for the Twin Cities. But I got these quaint little... I, don't, I refuse to stay in a bed and breakfast. I just don't... I don't it's like somebody's house. Like, I don't care how many rooms, and, and, and they always do it so doily. Like, if you look at these bed and breakfasts, it's always an old couple, and it, it was the woman that obviously designed it and, and stationaried it, and there's always doily and lace, and it looks like some Victorian thing from the 1890s, and it, it's just too much. It's like you're in a dollhouse. You feel there's going to be Chucky the doll with a knife that's going to stab you because it looks too perfect. It looks too clean. Too quaint, and I, I, I need a hotel. I need something a little more um, standard. So I found these old hotels, like you know, back in the 1880s, that you know President Grant would stay at. My favorite of which, if you ever go to Rapid City, South Dakota, is the Alex Johnson Hotel. But it's it's an actual hotel. It's not as modern or or as sterile as uh, you know a, a new Holiday Inn. Or Chipotle, uh, but these are the old, you know, they're very, they're nice, they're nice old classic eighteen hundreds buildings, and I I'm like okay, I always wanted to do this ride. Uh, I got my motorcycle, I'm gonna do it on the motorcycle. It's a beautiful ride all the way down, and uh, and then also I look at it's rain, it's just rain, all rain to the south of me. Now the logistics of motorcycle riding come in because I don't want to take the car. I do not want to take the car. I want to take the motorcycle because Saturday and Sunday are beautiful riding days. Beautiful. No, no rain. It's going to be about the 80s. So it means it's going to be the 70s getting up to the high of the 80s and it goes back down. So it might be a little bit uncomfortable in the evening. But then you just, you know, you go get a, a sandwich or something. <clears throat> But it, I just, but it's just tonight, tonight, Friday night. It's like, God dang it! <laughs> now I gotta wait. And it's like, okay, is that rain gonna get through the south? Yeah, you know, do I have to? And it's just like when I when I did my last east or my only eastern, because there's nothing out west. It's the only eastern motorcycle ride I did to go visit Glorious Carl Beckloff and all them. Is coming into Cincinnati. I had to wait. I was in Indianapolis. I just had to sit and wait. Sometimes 45 minutes, an hour at a time for the rainstorm to go. I couldn't go any faster than the rainstorm that was ahead of me because then I'd come, come in underneath or behind it and get wet. So I just have to, like, I 
And I could see it. I'm in between Indianapolis and Cincinnati. I had to like stop three times and just let that rain cloud keep moving. It was going at like 35, 40 miles an hour. And you just, it's it's like getting behind a slow moving vehicle. And then you're like, you pull over, you wait, you look at the rain cloud go. You're like, oh, okay, it's it's far enough away now. You hop back on the bike. You realize you're going 75 miles an hour. All of a sudden, 10 minutes later, you've caught up to the damn rain cloud. You got to wait again. And that's why I like to avoid. I only got to go uh, from the WBL to Red Wing. I think that's only about an hour and a half. That's, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. I've gotten wet riding in rain before. I just It's just... Just a pain in the ass. It's just a pain in the ass when you got to deal with, with rain or worse, snow. People, you ever drive through snow? Not yet. Haven't driven through snow. I've been warned that there was snow and hail up ahead the direction I was going, and thankfully no snow or hail showed up. It switched to rain. It's still 38 degrees, just miserable, miserable. But I don't, I, I, for obvious reasons, you don't want to ride a bike through snow or hail. I refuse to, actually. That's a quick way to go to death. But rain, I'll do rain. I will always do rain. But man, last year was bad luck. Bad luck with the weather. Was really looking forward to driving from Las Vegas all the way back home, you know. And it was May. It was May. Every, you know, you would think, oh, this is going to be wonderful. It's nice and warm down in Utah and Nevada. Even Colorado should be okay. All right, maybe some of the mountain passes in in Colorado are going to be a little bit cold. But that only lasts for at most 45 minutes if you go I-70. No, it was cold and miserable and rainy the entire time. The only the only time it was nice riding was when we were in Nevada. And then, if for those of you who who know driving, once you get to Utah, you go through the Virgin Mountains. You follow the Virgin River up these mountains, and the higher you get, obviously, the the colder it gets. And we got up there, and it was cool. And then it started raining in Page, Arizona, because we went right by Kanab. It was not pleasant. It was not pleasant at all, and I don't want to do that again. I don't want to do it again. So uh, it is the Clary Podcast, and I am doing a podcast because I don't want to write. It was It's going to be a short podcast because i got nothing to really talk about. And I just don't want to write. I don't want to expend the mental effort. I don't know why I'm exhausted. I have no idea why I'm exhausted. Mentally. No idea. Nothing Nothing really challenging has happened. Maybe it's just you got to sit and relax and rest up a bit and i didn't even take motorcycle i did nothing i've done nothing this summer i really haven't gone anywhere or done anything last time i took a decent trip was in may and i went out and visited denver ben over in south dakota and this will be the second trip and it's not even going to be that big of a trip um i'm just getting old this is what happens when you get old i even emailed dr uh dr piggott we'll call him dr piggott Adam is just not enough because he is elder and wise. We'll call him Dr. Piggott. And he was telling me, maybe I said this before, so I apologize. I say, Man, you know, you're older than me. I mean, do you go out? Do you stay? He's like, oh, hell no, no. I stay in. I, I read my books. I get my beer with floral notes. He loves beer with floral notes. If you ever listen to uh, Adam Piggott's podcast. It just stays in. I kind of like, I don't, I don't know if I want that life, you know? And, and, and I didn't say this to him, and, not, and it wasn't criticizing him either. I'm just, I, I, I don't want to stay in. I don't want to be that guy that, like, I just want to curl up with a good book uh, by the fire. Like, no, there's, there's more to do. But then after a while, you drive around a bit, it's like, okay, how much more is there to do? And I promised myself I would start listening to my body more. Like, I was 
pushing myself in terms of working out, like I'd lift and run, lift and run, day on, day off, day on, day off. Had success with it too. And the people are like, what are you, crazy? You're going to burn yourself out? And I'm like, well, I'm getting results. And so then what I did is I, <clears throat> I did one body, one muscle set, another muscle set, run. So I stretched it out into three days for a full workout. And I'm not, I'm not happy with the results. I've lost some strength. Uh, but but I try to and all all I think I think it's I think it's the opposite. I think you got to push yourself to get that energy. I think that's what you got to do. I think you got to push yourself to like no, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. And the ones you say, oh, I'm gonna listen to my body. I'm getting old. I'm getting tired. I, I think I'll take it off. And all of a sudden, like you're really sleepy and tired. I even watched the movie, although it was a good movie. I, I will admit this though, I, I, it it really pains me to watch a movie. Like, sit down in a rental. It's like, okay, is this really worth the two hours of my time? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, for two hours, I'm not going to get anything done. And uh, kind of everybody else, they think nothing of watching. Oh, yeah, I watched this movie. I'm like, really? Did you have nothing else to do? Not to be judgmental, but really, I mean, it, it's kind of like, okay, is this going to be the best best use of my time? But I will say it was the best use of my time because I finally got this movie called Crusher Joe. And you say, what's Crusher Joe? This is a, one of the first Japanese anime uh, full-length feature movies to come to the United States. came in 1983. This predates uh, Akira for those nerds out there. Now, I know Mr. Beckloff does not like, as he calls them, the gook cartoons. Uh, and he has every right because Japanese anime is horrible. For the most part, 99% of it is just horrible. But every great once in a while, they get an actual high-quality production and like an Akira like a Cowboy Bebop or Samurai Champloo. And I know most of my audience is younger than me, so you're more of the... You got more of the cartoons. You guys are kind of like One Piece Pirates. Some of you guys think Dragon Ball Z is good. No, no, Dragon Ball Z is horrible. Uh, One Punch Man. I'm I'm really stretched. I'm trying to go back into the recesses. I'm like, oh, what were the, the, the more recent series that came out? Um, Bleach. That was another one for you guys who are probably 10, 15 years younger than So you guys say this is this came out in 1983, which meant it was being drawn in 1982. And uh, it's great. It's it's awesome. It's held up wonderfully to time. Some of the English dubbing is a little bit different. Or not, not different, but you could see they, they were forcing the English dubbing to match the story. But they did a real good job. But man, I just loved watching the early 80s. Like, the, the bad guys back in those times was always a guy with a pompadour and they're like motorcycle jackets. Those were the bad guys back in the day. You know, and he's, he's chewing on a, on a toothpick. So there's, there's this kind of... The bad guy, a lot of it, for those of you who watched it, uh, Fists of the North Star, that type of Mad Max, pompadour, sideburns uh, type of bad guy. That's who kind of the bad guys are in this one. The fashion, it, it's like they didn't even account for fashion. Like, yeah, fashion might be different in 2061. 2161 is when this happens. Say, yeah, fashion might be a little bit different than 1982. No, nah, they got the big fat ties. Um, the cars that they that they draw look like something that a kid would have drawn seven years old in 1982. It's great. It's, it's, uh, it's classic. It's a genuine classic. But the plot is damn good. It's a damn good movie on top of it. And uh, it's part, if you get it, you say like, well, 
who are these people? What's what's Crusher Joe? It's there was a series before. So this kind of like Cowboy Bebop, they came up with a movie, but there was a series that it was based off of. And you can watch the series if you want, but you don't need to. The movie stands alone on its own. But there's already, if you wonder when you watch it, like, why are the characters of this ship? Kind of, there's an element of Cowboy Bebop there or Firefly. Like, there's already a, a, a ship that they fly and it's a staffed by this crew. And you're wondering, like, how does this crew already have this great character development and rapport with one another uh, for like this movie right off the get-go. What had been built up based on this series. So they had polished the characters. The characters work really well together. Um, and just, you know, just it was, it was great. Just funny. Just funny. There's like an older fatherly figure. Not necessarily, he's not the leader, but he's kind of in charge of them. There's this little kid. They're always at each other's throats. There's your stereotypical hero protagonist who's the good-looking guy. And then there's the babe. And they all, it, it, I'll just like, it, it, seriously... Go get it. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So this thing had only been available on VHS. That's the last time I owned it. I got it many, many years ago, probably almost 20 years ago. And surprisingly, it was one of the few animes that didn't suck, and I really enjoyed watching it. Well, then I lost the VHS, or the VHS tape broke or something like that. And for the longest time, you could not get this thing on DVD. There was there was like uh, Laserdisc, if you remember that, the size of a of a garbage trash lid. That's how they needed a special player to play for it. Well, now they came out with DVD. Somebody bought it and they produced it. And damn, if that wasn't, it, I was like, sweet. And it was the exact same way I remember it. They didn't try and redub it. It wasn't, oh, it's in Japanese, but we're going to dub it with subtitles. No, it was the exact same English version, which I very much appreciate and enjoy. So I don't know if you guys are bored. You can go ahead and get that. All right, let's do the sponsors very quickly here. As if I would have pulled it up. I love it when people criticize me at asshole consulting. They they're like, "Well, you're looking up stuff now. What you doing? You get you get it's it's hilarious. You get these people with like two or three subscribers criticizing me how I do asshole consulting because I didn't do the research before I started the video. You should do this. You should do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you the one that's making a living doing this? Do you have experience? Oh, look, I see you have two subscribers to your shitty channel that has, like, no videos whatsoever. Yeah, I'll, I'll take advice from that. <laughs> All right, we got the Praxy app. I had a Praxy caller not too long ago. Good conversation, actually, by the way. But anyway, we say, what is Praxy? Praxy is this app you can download on your phone, and it basically allows you to call somebody uh, who is an expert in their own re- respective field or somebody that you'd like to talk to for whatever reason. Or you yourself can have people call you if you happen to be an expert or offer some kind of service or value. It was originally designed for plumbers and tradesmen. People say, oh my gosh, I got a problem with my engine. And then you call up a mechanic on Praxy. And because it's a camera, you could, you know, a camera phone, you could show them and they say, oh yeah, your alternator's out or something like that. And then that way the mechanic makes money, you troubleshoot your problem, you know whether or not the mechanic has to come out. The mechanic doesn't have to drive to your place, you don't have to drive to his place, it's just a time saver. So you could set your own price per minute, it's like a one number, that predates most of you kids listening today. Um, but it's you pay by the minute, and if you need to contact me for whatever reason, emergency asshole consulting services, you can praxy me. Download it on your phone, uh, you just look up asshole consulting, you can find me. I charge $2 a minute. That's very pricey. Uh, so have your questions ready. Just 
have them ready, and then that way we can chum a chum and get it done. I'm on Steam it. I don't know. I haven't really uploaded much there. I'm on all the different social medias, so you could do that there. The Real Mark Baxter, if you would like to tune into The Real Mark Baxter because you're sick and tired of listening to the Clary Podcast, please do. RealMarkBaxter.com. He's got his website and his podcast. If you have not bought your nose hairs trimmers, get your nose hairs trimmers today by going through my Amazon affiliate program. Why nose hairs trimmers? Because you need those. Everybody needs them. And trust you me, you're you're not going to get a higher return on investment on that nine or twelve dollars you spend on nose hairs trimmers. So if you don't have to buy nose hairs trimmers either, you can buy anything you want through my Amazon affiliate program. All you have to do is go to CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com, click on the Amazon banner. Buy all your crap there, and then I get a 7% cut. You don't pay anything extra, but it's a way that if you don't like any of the sponsors, you have no need for my sponsors, products, or wares, you can go ahead and help out the captain that way. We have my books, Reconnaissance Man. Honest to God, I don't understand. I wrote, I, I thought there was a market. There is a market because now one out of every two emails almost, I'm like, did you read Reconnaissance Man? I was like, no. Well, go Go read that. Look, guys, if you are younger, you don't have to be young, but if typically you're younger, and you don't know what to do in life because you're in that uh, twilight area between col- high school, college, and your career. Like, you don't know, oh, do I want to go here? Do I wanna go? Oh, I don't know if I want to get a job. Go get Reconnaissance Man. And then also, by chance, read it. <clears throat> but that's that's the book for you guys. So if you don't know what you want to study in college, you think about changing your major, you don't know if you should be going to college, you got yourself a job, but you don't know, if, well, should I take this? Go get Reconnaissance Man is available in paperback, Kindle, and audio. The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, that's all the brothers out there who simply demand better in life. And so if you're listening to this podcast, that definitely means you're independent-minded and you're thinking outside the box. And uh, this is the path for young black men or old black men, any black men, any man, period, but again, tailored towards the black community to get out of poverty. So when you're sick and tired of Jesse Jackson, I'm talking like... Not Walter E. Williams. Who is he? He he mimics. He totally plagiarizes. Who's the dude? I have a dream dude. Dr. Martin Luther King. Like he didn't. I have a dream someday. But it's it's Jesse Jackson. Totally plagiarizing and acting like, uh, what's his name? Martin Luther King. It's been 60 years. You know, uh, what's his name? Tommy Sotomayor. Uh, O'Shea Jackson and Obsidian Radio. Those guys just talk normal. They just talk normal. You don't need somebody talking like a Lincoln-Jeffersonian debate because back in the day they didn't have microphones or, or audio systems or a megaphone. So when you're done listening to him or you kind of know he's like a scumbag and he's like a, a charlatan, you know, him and Al Sharpton, when you're like, hey, maybe these guys don't have my best interests at heart. Maybe their best interest is Jesse Jackson and Reverend Al Sharpton. Uh, then you kind of like uh, I think I think um you know after fifty years, uh, my dad is still poor, my mom is still poor. I'm I'm gonna try something else before I die. I don't want to live a life of poverty. Go get the black man's guide out of poverty. Uh, Bachelor pad economics. That's for all you guys out there. So uh, for any young man, old man, whatever, it is the financial advice bible for men, covering your finances and all major minor financial decisions you will make from the age of fourteen to death. 14 to 74. And the reason I don't say 84 is because women put us in a grave early. 
then we have Worthless. That's a young person's indispensable guide to choosing the right major. That's, uh, that's for everybody who's either in college or about to go to college. I know you've declared a major. I know you picked some ex- incredibly expensive private liberal arts college out in New England. But before you go to a Mizzou or uh, an Evergreen or a Middlebury or some worthless piece of shit scam artist school, why don't you get worthless and make sure before you drop four years of your life and a hundred grand on a degree that it is actually going to pay off? You can find worthless available in paperback, audio, and Kindle. Enjoy the decline. I think that's more for the leftists who now cannot tolerate the fact that Trump is in office. Uh, and then Curse of the High IQ. That's for everybody listening because if you're listening to this, you have a high IQ. <clears throat> kind of related. I got a... I was debating maybe putting race, like a chapter on race and Curse of the High IQ. I said, nah, it's kind of out of the domain and purview of the topic I wanted to talk about. But um, I got an email from a, a black listener and he was talking about how with IQ, regardless of your race, you got a high IQ. It's a royal pain in the ass. But he was saying, I think he had like a 145. Just something off the fucking chart. Like a true genius, true fucking genius. And he's saying, like, I'm three standard deviations. <laughs> and he's like, it's one thing getting along with just everybody else. But he's like, my God, getting along with the with the black culture, like, within my neighborhood or within. And it it was, you know, the same old thing, like, ah, oh, what are you doing trying to act white? Oh, you know, because this is back when he was younger. He didn't know he had a high IQ. You know, he's just acing his classes and getting good grades. And, oh, did he did he get punished for it? Did he get punished? Uh, regardless, for everybody listening, basically, if you have a high IQ, which is everybody listening, uh, get the book Curse of the High IQ. So you, you'll you'll make life a lot easier. It'll explain a lot of things. It'll, so I, I get the occasional email. Uh, I did have a fan mail here somewhere, and I don't know where it is. I hope I didn't throw it away. But it was a young gal, and... Um, it was just, it, it explained everything. It explained everything. Didn't solve her problems, but explained everything. And she was very, very thankful and happy. So uh, drop the couple bucks on that and the two to three hours, maybe four hours might take to read it. It will, it, it, it's worth it. It's worth it. Just go get it. Uh, JamesDeprisco.com. Deprisco, spelled D-E-P-R-I-S-C-O. Say, why would I go there? Because he is the author of The Economics of Catholic Subsidiarity. Uh, he's got a new blog and a podcast where he discusses free markets, which is called subsidiarity from a Catholic perspective, right? Should be of interest of Catholic, uh, to Catholics and Christians and any people who are religious who support free markets, and you're sick and tired of feminism and socialism infecting your church. So if you, uh, if you, wanna, if you want religion and you don't want politics mixed in with it, and you get sick and tired of like, oh, I, we got to support these single moms, you're sick and tired of competing against uh, Jesus in terms of like dating standards. That's a common one. That is such a common one where women will hold their husbands and their boyfriends up to Jesus. Which you cannot beat. I didn't know if you knew this or not. You cannot beat JC. You just can't. And man, I cannot warn you guys, especially you, you uh, uh, Christians, Protestants, or Catholics or not. Just anyone who's religious and follows Christ. You cannot beat JC. You just can't. So anytime you got that girl lording, like you're the standard is JC, and of course always JC is the standard. Obviously that's what you're going to aim for. But if the girl nitpicks and criticizes and points out every one of your failures, or you as you know Jesus wouldn't do that. I always loved how when I date the occasional, and I would leave quickly thereafter. 
they would point to like how I failed relative to Jesus. And I, even a couple times, I'm like, I'm not Christian. I don't believe in the guy nailed to a plank of wood. I don't care that I failed. You know, why don't you bring in Brad Pitt or George Clooney while we're at it? I probably fail in some regards there too. Why don't you bring in uh, some tall basketball player and t- tell me I'm short? And just, But you guys are stuck in it. You guys are Christians. You get to deal with that added layer of bullshit that comes with dating girls. Because like, if dating girls wasn't already hard enough, especially for you young boys out there, when they get involved in some kind of religion, it could be feminism, it could be leftist politics, which is typically what it is. But that was the case back when I was, you know, every girl, oh my God, I'm a feminist. Oh, Hillary, I just love her penis so much. So that that was always there in the background. But then you had like an actual religion. Oh, that's a whole other complete layer of bullshit you got to deal with. I mean, you got to deal, what do you got to deal with? You got to deal with the leftist brainwashing they got. That's already given. You got to deal with the fact that society, to quote Bill Burr again, kisses their asses so they think they can do no wrong and they're right about everything. Uh, you got to deal with a family, uh, you know, family in law, like the parents in law, whatever. People that would theoretically become parents in law. You got to deal with a family. <clears throat> you got to deal with whether or not she majored in something worthwhile, which even some of the good ones didn't. So there's always going to be a financial you know, debt. Or a hurdle there, and then now nowadays you got to deal with. Hang on, now you got to deal with what they got another kid, and that starts at about what? Uh, it's pretty prominent now. Teenage pregnancy is coming less common, but that doesn't stop the gals from getting knocked up in their in their twenties and thirties. And oh my god, so you got to deal with the single mom stuff, <clears throat> and and then you add Jesus on top of that. Oh, forget it. Forget it. No, no, not going to happen. Anyway, so if you would like to, I don't know, just commiserate, realize there's another guy out there that says, yeah, I, I noticed there's um, socialism and feminism influencing and infecting the church. Go get uh, the Economics of Catholic Subsidiarity. That's available on paperback, Kindle, and I think audio. But go to jamesdepresco.com. You can <clears throat> really... You can buy it, I'm sure, through his site there. We have uh, Frank Servi's Uncle Nick, Burning the Midnight, uh, a Corporate Land, Surviving Cubicle Warfare, and The Bro Next Door. Uh, those three, The Bro Next Door, Frank's uh, Uncle Nick, and Burning the Midnight are all books about dude bros and red pill guys. They're fictional. Uh, they're pretty funny. Uh, but then Surviving uh, Corporate Land, Surviving Cubicle Warfare, that's one I'll inevitably read once Jim Fear starts reading it. And we have uh, uh, Adam Pickett's books, Pushing Rubber Downhill and Run Guts Pull Cones. Pushing Rubber Downhill is an absolute must for all you young boys. It's basically a documentary, a documentary, a real-world documentary about bachelor pad economics. So bachelor pad economics is theory. Pushing Rubber Downhill is the practical, real-world, historical application of it. Damn good, damn good story. Man coming of age and adventure, like almost... I hate to kiss his ass. Almost Indiana Jones-ish. Uh, and then Run Guts, Pull Cones. I haven't read that one, but both of them are a bit available on paperback and Kindle. I think Pushing Rubber Downhill is available in audiobook. Marty Andrade's books. There's a book on D.B. Cooper and his book, which is my favorite, Nixon's Guide to the Multiverse. Both are available in paperback and Kindle. Nixon's Guide to the Multiverse is absolutely hilarious. I really did enjoy reading that. 
And then we have uh, Michael Kingswood's books, The Pericles Conspiracy and The Glimmervale Chronicles. Uh, I would go to Amazon.com and just search those. If you like uh, fantasy fiction, uh, I would go with The Glimmervale Chronicles. And if you like uh, science fiction, I would go with The Pericles Conspiracy. And finally, Carrie Lutz's book, Viral Podcasting. You can visit our good... Uh, he's kind of like a... I wouldn't say... Well, father figure. No, he's not old enough to be a father figure, but he's not young enough to be older. But he's like a, your uncle. He's old enough to be my uncle. Uncle Carrie, Uncle Lutz, over at FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com. He was kind enough to have me on his show uh, last week. And uh, if you want to learn everything about precious metals and hyperinflation, and you don't know what the central bank is or what fractional reserve banking is, listen to his podcast. You'll... you'll You'll learn very quickly. But he's got a book, for those of you that want to become a podcaster, uh, Viral Podcasting. So you can find that available on Amazon.com. Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? From TechCrunch.com, a 10 scene unfold. Oh, wait, where's the title? SoundCloud Sync says, Leaks say layoffs by little time. I just can't find a stable. How hard is it? How hard is it? Is it that hard? I know, they're just, they're social media, they're just, and they're from Sweden. I do have to admit, I do like SoundCloud's layout. Very effective. Very, very easy. Very, very crisp. Very slick. But they just can't keep it open. A tense scene unfolded yesterday as user-generated music streaming service SoundCloud held an all-hands meeting to explain to employees why it suddenly had to lay off 40% of its staff last week. Exiting team members want to know why they weren't warned, while those who survived the cuts wanted assurance that the cost reductions would keep the company afloat in the long run. Look, guys, 20-somethings, even 30-somethings, 40-somethings, no employer, you never, you never, this is not government. This is not government work where you just print off more money and then kind of keep the government afloat. Even the state, or, you know, the state of Illinois, even they cannot just stay afloat because they need a government bailout. If you work for a company, even a, even a, uh, a government, certainly state and local, there is no guarantee you will have lifelong employment. That's delusional. That's something that happens. That you can only be taught that in school by teachers who effectively have lifelong government employment because no one's got the balls to point out just what a bunch of parasitic, worthless wretches they all are. Oh, don't worry. The internet's coming along. I, I do believe. I, I, I think we might even see it in my day where people are just like, forget this. I'm not sending my kid to school. I'm not sending them with this leftist indoctrinating shit. I'm going to stay home and raise them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to homeschool them. Anyway, it's, it's just cute that you guys in the private sector don't know how the economy works. That businesses come and go. And especially if they're mismanaged, which is most of them, most businesses, like 99.9% of them, do inevitably fail. That you're somehow like, oh, well, are we going to have jobs? I understand you want to know if you're going to have jobs tomorrow, whether, whether or not you should apply for jobs in the future. But I think, I think whatever assurances SoundCloud gives their current employees, you should probably just maybe have a plan B and start sending out your resume. Just, just an idea, just a thought. Free one from assholeconsulting.com. But as security ominously filed into but as security ominously filed into SoundCloud's meeting rooms at its offices around the world during the all hands video conference broadcast from its Berlin headquarters, 
The startup staff discovered they wouldn't be getting the answers they wanted. Instead, sources at SoundCloud tell TechCrunch the founders Alex Young and Eric Walforce confessed the layoffs only saved the company enough money to have runway until quarter four, which begins in just 80 days. Correction, 80 days, not 50 days. Uh, <clears throat> that seems to conflict with the statement Young released alongside the layoffs, which noted that with more focus and a need to think about long-term becomes tough decisions. The company never mentioned how short its cash would last. We reached out to Young at, and SoundCloud for the story, and PR responded to the request reiterating the Lung blog post after being presented with leaked information from the all-hands SoundCloud PR admitted we are fully funded into quarter four, though it says it's in talks with potential investors. But further funding would require faith in SoundCloud that its own staff lacks. When asked about morale of the remaining team, <laughs> one employee who asked to remain anonymous told TechCrunch, it's pretty shitty, pretty somber. I know people who didn't get the axe are actually quitting. The people saved from this are jumping ship. The morale is very low. There you go. Good. Have some self-respect. Absolutely. But you see, they were just such cool visionaries and pioneers. It just They're just so cool. They came up with this thing, and it's going to be nice, and we're going to be community and, and social justice warrior-y. And, and, uh, are you good at running a business? I love it. Not necessarily when leftists try and run a business, but young, naive 20-somethings. They just like... It's like the Partridge family. There's a problem, and they think, well, we'll just, we'll just sing a song, and everything will happen. You know, all, everything will be better. Like Lin-Min May and Robotech, she sang, we beat, we beat the Zentradi. If you don't know what that is, I just demonstrated my nerd cred uh, pretty, pretty well. I think I established it very authoritatively there. Uh, another employee from a different office described the all-hands as a shit show and said, I don't believe that people will stay. The good people at SoundCloud will leave. Eric Walforce said something about the SoundCloud family, and there were laughs. <laughs> You just fired 173 people of the family. How the fuck are you going to talk about family? Hired just to be laid off. SoundCloud holds one of the most differentiated products of the streaming music thanks to its rep repository of user-created songs uploaded by amateur and semi-professional musicians. That content, including unofficial remixes and hour-plus DJ sets, is missing from the top streaming competitors like Spotify and Apple. At the same time, this content comes with copyright problems in SoundCloud has trouble monetizing it. How do you have trouble monetizing it? Now look, I use SoundCloud, and the, half the reason I'm bringing this up is to let you guys know that we're probably going to have to switch hosts soon, so, you know, if you want to download your favorite Clary podcast, go and do it now. Um, and I do have the backups if you want. I can always put one in the in a thumb drive and mail it to you for 35 bucks, but uh, I don't know. I, 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 a lot of people did, did buy them. I'm kind of surprised how many people did. Uh, I just... It's just a pain in the ass for me to do it. But anyway, don't worry. I got, I got everything backed up. Don't worry. So if SoundCloud goes away, I'll have them all. The, the newest, latest podcast hosting place, I'll go and I'll upload them all again. Uh, but if you did want the archives, let me know. Send me an email. It's 35 bucks. I'll drop one in the mail for you. Um, but I, I don't know how they're... This doesn't seem like a complicated business model. I got to pay, I think it's 120 bucks a year. For the premium package, like, yeah, give me the unlimited shit. Here's your 120 bucks. Did you not do the math? Did you not calculate how many servers you'd need based on how much storage and download and bandwidth people have? Uh, despite the startup's official troubles, Long told those in attendance at the All Hands On meeting that he was adamant about SoundCloud staying independent 
and there's no intention to sell the company. That hesitation may have cost a lot of people's jobs. One of the facts that was most frustrating to SoundCloud staff was that the company continued hiring people in positions that would soon be eliminated with some workers joining SoundCloud as little as two weeks before the layoffs. <laughs> oh, I'd like to say it's young, naive corporate management, but that's just management all over. That's just, it's, you want to, there's a reason Dilbert is successful, guys. There's a reason the pointy-haired boss is skewered and pilloried across the world because management is that dumb. Several new hires had quit their jobs, sold their home, abandoned rights to permanent residency, and uprooted their lives in other countries to join SoundCloud's Berlin office. Oh, this reminds me a lot of, like, dot-com days. A lot of people were going, they like, what, you're paying how much? I'll come right over. And then the thing fell bankrupt in, like, six months later. A new hire named Voita Stavik was slated to start July 17th, only to have his job canceled on July 7th, just before he moved to Berlin. So it means we are going to act like my application to SoundCloud never happened. Stavik asked CTO Artem Fishman. Yes, Stavik said the CTO replied. Stavik is now exploring legal action against SoundCloud because he says his signed job offered offer included four weeks notice of dismissal, yet SoundCloud claims they are not going to pay me my salary during those four weeks. I, Dude, you should absolutely sue the piss out of him. I don't know if where you're going to get the money. During the all hands, both sources say it was revealed that SoundCloud had known for months that it had to lay off a large number of people yet didn't properly inform the team that it should be cutting costs. The investors said the wave of lay- layoffs was part of the conditions, one source said, were in reference to the $70 million debt funding SoundCloud received in March from Eris Capital. Hey, Eris, oh, Creos Capital and Davidson Technology after it failed to raise $100 million in venture funding. I want to know what geniuses over at these capital groups decided to lend this money loser money i just it's not as bad as it was in 2005 and 2007 where it was just like they're just giving the money away they were just giving the money away and i'd look i'm like he's never going to pay us back they don't have the money what's wrong with you oh, you know hopefully the economy turns around that's my favorite the economy's booming you're saying like hope hopefully the economy turns around what, what do you want? 24% annual re- real GDP growth? What, what do you mean turn around? Hopefully. Uh, some of SoundCloud's offices had cre- catered lunches twice a week and had lavishly stocked kitchens and bathrooms, according to the source. Well, they just want to be cool. They want a family. What was, who was I talking to? Was it, it wasn't IBM. Was it Honeywell? Like IBM also, and they, they, um, they're, every every corporation wants to be Google now because that's real leadership is plagiarism and emulation, not leading, not thinking. Uh, and they got rid of all the the work location independent stuff, and people had like kind of settled their lives based on that. And, and they and they say, no, we're coming here, and it, it's what do they call it? What is the latest fad that you dipshit and competent managerial fucks with your MBA and you all have gray hair and you don't understand remote work location? What do they call it? Team? No. It's not family. It's a new work environment. Oh, Not commiserating, although that's essentially what it is. It's like where everyone gets in a group, there's no cubes, there's no walls. Like you don't even have a, you, you work at a, at like a picnic table, a big picnic table. It's like you're working in a cafeteria. Like you can see the guy right across from you. Not commiserating. Uh, compiling. Uh, damn it. Hang on. Let's look this up. 
It's where you work together. Work together. God, everyone's yelling the word at me right now. It's where you work together. You hang on. You know what? I'm going to pause it and look this up. Found it. Collaborate. We have a collaborative office. And they, they all want you to collaborate. See, we want to be a team. We want to be a family. We bring in lunch and biscotti and some scones. And, okay, now just discuss. Discuss amongst yourselves. How do we make IBM better? Timmy, do you have a... I mean, it's like first grade teacher bullshit. It's condescending. Oh, I know management. They got nothing else in their lives. They've gone through three divorces. They got their MBAs. That's all their life has been. That You have, you have to be a mentally impaired person to become a CEO. You have to... You have, I'm being serious. You have to have such skewed and warped incentives in life, such, such warped life goals that the most important thing in your life is your career. And what, what these, these idiots... These CEOs, these managers, these corporate uh, bigwig types, they don't realize that the majority of people only come to work to make their fucking money, go home, and live their fucking life, which is not work. And then they think that, you know, work... Look at uh, Mayor Meyer, Marissa, former CEO of Yahoo. He did a great job there. <clears throat> she, she brought in a nursery for her child into the office and had a nanny. What the fuck, lady? Why Why don't you go home? Go home. You know, at the end of World War II, you want to know what the vast majority of soldiers and sailors and Marines want to do? They wanted to go home. At the end of the day, you know why people are trying to clock out as quickly as possible? They want to go home. When I ride my motorcycle out there, guess where I want to go to after about two to three months? I want to go home. The guys in the Bakken oil field, you know what they wanted to do after their two weeks on, two weeks off, and their two weeks on was up? They wanted to go home because they had lives at home. And here you guys are, oh, work-life balance. We're all for work-life balance. And when you allow for that, like the, the, the silver bullet that solved so many problems was working from home. No, we got to come in and the lame-ass excuse you give is we need a collaborative office. We have a collaborative environment. Are you going to tap into your employee's greatest asset, their intellectual capital? <laughs> I learned that at an MBA class. Fucking morons. Oh... When team members joined, they were given company swag, headphones, and brand new Apple laptops. Oh my goodness. You're part of the SoundCloud team. Welcome to the board. Employees were confused how the company was blowing through money, but now is saying they don't have any money. People would have made sacrifices, to be honest. It's a fun company to work at, but there was no indication. A core question from staff during all the, the all hands. I wish I'd just say all hands meeting. But they just abbreviate it. See, that's what we do in MBAs. We just call it an all hands. We're going to do an all hands. It's very important. Bill, Bill came in. We, we got to have an all hands. And that's how, I'm not doing gay. I'm do, that's how all corporate managers sound, male or female, gay or straight. Uh, why wasn't there transparency into the finances or strict hiring freeze? Well, it's a publicly traded. Can't you go online and look them up? The message from management was that the hiring freeze would show weakness and lead to people asking questions. That wasn't satisfying when the company ended up shedding almost half of its staff. Uh, focusing, on, focusing on independent creators, 
not beating Spotify. It's been almost three years since SoundCloud updated its user stats, though it still touts that 175 million people listen every month. Yet some analysts believe it had it to have sunk to as low as 70 million. The company has... Well, I'll tell you right now, a free asshole consulting for SoundCloud. There, Look, there was a time you could go to SoundCloud, not be logged in, Nathan. Like, let's just say I provided a link to my podcast, that particular episode. There's a little download button, and you clicked on it, and guess what would happen? The fucking MP3 would download. Now you click on it, and guess... This is happened. I guarantee you this is why it happened. Three years ago, guess what? You click on it. Oh, no. What you need to do is log into your SoundCloud account or Facebook. It's like assholes. Now they got Now the listeners have to go through this extra step. I don't know if you've noticed this. As as younger generations get older and more and more kids now become adults who have been more and more people have been brought up with the internet. Multiple clicking is unnecessary hurdles, and they will go away. If you gotta click twice to get something, it's over for you. I know for us old farts and you gray hairs, you know, and with your MBAs and synergies and all hands and and, 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 and and collaborative offices. I know compared to the 70s, like what, I got to click eight times and I can download this free audio thing? That's great. Yeah, yeah, eight is way too much. Way too much. Two max. Two clicks max. And 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 if you make it more, if, if it start out with one click and then you go to two, yeah, you're going to lose about 60% of your listeners. But I bet you had a, uh, uh, what's they call it? Not an alliance. We have, we have an associate program. We, we have a, an arrangement with Facebook. And it's going to help get us out. That, no, you just made it harder for your customers. You just made it harder for your clients. The company hasn't given employees any updates on the stats either with one telling TechCrunch I think no one with SoundCloud believes the user number. I think they've been going down for a while now. Growth of SoundCloud's subscription services also hasn't been worth announcing, but the company plans to change its focus. What was it four ninety nine a month? Oh, is that how cheap? Yeah, it's about a hundred. Yeah, I pay one hundred twenty nine ninety nine a month. That's what I pay. Uh, SoundCloud has a free tier with ad supported access to one hundred twenty million songs, largely from lower quality independent artists. It's four dollar ninety nine per month. SoundCloud Go subscription removes ads and offers online listening. And it's $9.99 per month's SoundCloud Go Plus tier adds access to 30 million premium songs from big name artists you'd likely find. You, from big name artists like what you'd find on Spotify or Apple Music. In the all hands, both sources say Young discussed SoundCloud getting back to its roots by prioritizing its open creator platform and the mid tier Go subscription plan rather than focusing on Go Plus and the mainstream music of major record labels. One source said Lung uh, explained that SoundCloud is not a giant streaming company and did not want to directly compete with the $9.99 plans like Spotify. Other source, Our other source said the plan is to concentrate on the content where they don't have to pay our part of money to the labels. <sighs> like other streaming, streaming services, SoundCloud has to pay a huge percentage of revenues it earns to go plus premium songs to the record labels. Oh, okay. Well, then why just get rid of that? I know you're not you're not paid, Clary. Clary, you don't work there. You're not part of the collaborative office team. Spotify pays out around seventy percent. For example, its margin is much better on the user generated music uploaded to its service. Only a small percentage of creators is eligible for ad and subscription revenue share payouts from SoundCloud. It pays them a much smaller cut than it go than it does 
to labels for premium music. All right, let's get here. Can the Internet's record collection be saved? After 10 years of raising well over $200 million, SoundCloud has failed to build a sustainable business off the YouTube of music. Trimming the fat hasn't necessarily made it fit. If SoundCloud, if SoundCloud wants to survive, it may need to accept that it should sell to some more established company that could do better managing and monetizing out. YouTube grew into a content juggernaut, but it might never have made it that far without Google's help. Yeah. It would need to find as supportive a steward. Otherwise, SoundCloud must get much more aggressive about identifying its differentiated value, independent musicians, and drop any business like GoPro where it can't keep up. It would need to beady, bada, bada, boo, boo, boo. All right, just letting you guys know that uh, the old captain may not be here on SoundCloud, but I'll, I'll let you guys know the next one. It'll be located on my blog, Captain Capital. You guys can find me. You guys know where to find me. Uh, more sponsors. Poor Richard's Retirement. If you do not have enough money saved up for retirement, get Poor Richard's Reti- Retirement. It is a lengthy essay. It's not a book. It's a lengthy essay uh, in audio, Kindle, and paperback. And it is going to help you get your finances together in short order. Very short read. I also got where'd the book go? Hang on, I gotta plug him too. There we are. Put that back on. Jacob Lund Fisker. Uh, he is early retirement extreme. A lot of you guys do read his site. Do go to the early retirement extreme website. Uh, but he has a book called Early Retirement Extreme: A Philosophical and Practical Guide to Financial Independence. And this thing is detailed. Uh, this guy. He's got an index. The font is like font size 9. It's a 200-page book. He's got charts and data. This guy, formulae, he, he went all out on this thing. Um, what, when did he write it? When did this come out? 2010. Yeah, so he's been on this a uh, long time. Uh, holy cow. I just, I'm very impressed. Um. It may almost be too complicated. But if you like detail, absolutely get this book, Early Retirement Extreme by Jacob Lund Fisker. My book, Poor Richard's Retirement, is a bit more short and sweet. Uh, And it's only really based on one principle, and that is putting your fellow man ahead of everything else in your life. And when you do that, you really don't need a lot of money. And And then I go into like getting rid of addiction, the psychology behind consumerism and materialism, uh, I do some numbers, but nothing really too detailed or anything like that. But um, anyway, so those two books, Poor Rich's Retirement and Early Retirement Extreme. I want to thank Jacob for, he agreed to take a book and plug it. So I was like, oh, that's very nice of him. So I'm going to do the same. Uh, then we have Asshole Consulting. You guys all know Asshole Consulting, but do you know about the life improvement plan? If you are a loser, and I do mean a loser, and like you don't have a job, and you live at home, and all this other shit. I got sick and tired of hearing these whiny, sappy losers, genuine losers, coming up and asking me how to change your life. And it's very simple. I could tell you how to change your life, but that is not the real issue. That is not the real issue. It's that you're a lazy fuck, and you just simply don't have the effort or workforce or desire to really change. You'd like to, but you're too lazy to. I've came up with a way to prompt you to do so. It's called the Life Improvement Plan. You go to assholeconsulting.com, click on the Life Improvement Plan uh, plan banner, but essentially you pay me $10,000, we come up with five goals, and for every goal you meet, like losing 100 pounds, finding a job, getting your driver's license, paying off your credit card debt, I give you $1,000 back, and you can earn back up to $5,000. So in theory, 
for the price of $5,000, you could stop being a loser. And if you think about that, that's a hell of a steal. That is a hell of a steal to turn your life around. Or you could spend, you know, literally $50,000 over the course of your life talking to a therapist and never getting it done. Because here at Asshole Consulting, we like results. I want you, what's your problem? Here's the solution. Get the fuck away from me now. Don't come back and talk to me again until you got a completely new problem that you need my help with. Therapists, they are willing to sit there and hear you go around in circles because they're making $120 an hour. And they don't care how many times you go around in a circle. Matter of fact, they like it if you go around in a circle and you don't solve your problems because that way they get more money. Kind of like uh, pharmaceuticals. They don't want to give you cures. They just want to give you treatments. We don't do treatments. We do cures because I'm an impatient motherfucking asshole. So if you need a swift kick in the ass, go to assholeconsulting.com. But if you want to give this thing, I haven't had, I've had a couple bites, a couple bites where people were getting pretty close to it and they didn't, they didn't follow through on it. Uh, But if you want to give it a shot, you want to be the first uh, customer to try the life improvement plan, let the old captain know. I might give you a $10 discount. So it'll be $9,990. So you for for the for the low low price of four thousand nine hundred ninety dollars, you in theory could turn your life around. Huge financial dif- uh, legal disclaimer. I gotta gotta have you sign because we also have to tailor. Because like everybody's different, you know. Let, one guy might want to lose a hundred pounds. Another guy might just want to get a job. Uh, so it's it's not like I have this standard legal template. We have to tailor the legal. We have, each client has to have their own legal contract specifically drafted for them so don't don't get intimidated like what do you mean legal contracts like i'm covering my ass and we got to also detail what you got to do for your specific life to improve your life and stop being a loser if you'd like to advertise on the podca- podcast you can hundred dollars a month but that hundred dollars a month also gets you me plugging you on my youtube channel which has thirty three thousand subscribers now but at any given moment maybe three thousand actually listen or watch the videos uh, and then uh, you get the pot, uh, the blog, you get a banner and uh, the blog. And then, um, yeah, and I just plug you here on the old podcast, ElkinCPA.com. If you have a need for an accountant, contact Chad Elkins at www.ElkinCPA.com. We have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. So when you're sick and tired of listening to my ass, you could go over to these places, 405media.com. That is an entire podcast station headed up by John Grant. Uh, a bunch of different podcasters there, and, and I am just happen to be one of the shows. They got a program. They got a schedule. I'm on every Tuesday or whatever it is. I don't, I don't really know. Um, kind of interesting how that all changed. It's like, yeah, I'll just download whatever I want whenever I want. I don't care when it's broadcast. I'll just get it whenever. Obsidian Radio, he's on YouTube. Carrie Lutz Financial Survival Network, we, we, we discussed him. Canto Talk, Silvio Canto, our good Latino friend down in Dallas. Uh, he is uh, an escapee from Cuba, and as you can surmise, he probably doesn't like communism too much. Uh, he is on Blog Talk Radio, so you can find him, C-A-N-T-O, Kanto Talk. O'Shea Jackson, you all know that crazy Hanyaker, the only black guy in Poland becoming a doctor. Uh, BlowMeUpTom.com, St. Lycus, you guys all know Tom Lycus, listen to your father, who art in Los Angeles, hallowed be thy name. Cynical Libertarian Society, you can find him at SinLibSoch. Dot com. Just a warning, lots of cursing, lots of swearing. And the old captain, um, I disagree with him the most, but I actually enjoy his podcast the most. And Mitch Berg, you can find him on 1280 AM, The Patriot, if you want to actually listen to radio, but you can stream it or just download. 
his audio as well. We have Academic Composition. Go to academiccomposition.com if you need a resume done for you or if you want somebody to do your homework. You can also go over there if you're looking for a job. And he's always looking to hire people that do marketing or writing the actual papers. Both jobs are incredibly boring, but both jobs can be done from the comfort of your own home as long as you have internet access. That fucking alarm. They're like testing it all the fucking time now. It works! <sighs> I don't even know why they have those things. Uh, Jimfear138.blogspot.com Jimfear138.blogspot.com If you need somebody to do voice work or audio work for you, may I recommend going to Jimfear138.blogspot.com Contact him, let him know that the captain sent you and he'll do some pretty good audio recordings for you. He does most of my books now as well. We have my other social media platforms, gab.ai and minds.com, but I'm on the Facebook, the Twitter, the Gab. I'm all over it. If you just subscribe or like, you know, on Twitter, you know, I know it sounds so stupid, guys, but that's how the programs and formula work. Like, it's the laws of physics. The bigger you are exponentially, the more you will attract. <clears throat> so, you know, if I ever got 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, that tweaks YouTube's algorithm to say, yeah, send this guy a lot more. Same thing with Twitter and everything else. Uh, we have my two classes, the analysis evaluation of stocks and stocks, bonds, investing, oh my. If you are looking to, to learn how to analyze and value stocks, you want to start investing in stocks, but you'd like to be able to read financial statements, etc. Take that class, the analysis evaluation of stocks. And then if you are new to investing, and, and you don't know jack all, like you, you do not know anything about investing, take my introductory course, Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My. Uh, you just search the titles. It comes up because hundreds of different places offer these classes available online. You can take it wherever it's cheapest. Typically, it's your libraries, uh, but usually there's like a community center or a community college. Uh, but, you know, where, wherever it's online, so it doesn't matter where you sign up, wherever it's cheapest. Although, if you really like the cap and take take it where it's most expensive. And then I get a I get a higher cut. Oh no, wait, no, I don't anymore. I just get a flat fee now. I don't care. Take it the cheapest wherever you can. That's right. I only get a flat fee per head now. I'm I'm yeah, I got I I sold my uh my rights. So if they ever come up with a book, I don't get <laughs> and I don't wanna I don't wanna go into too much detail, but the company that bought it is huge. Uh and they're in publishing. So they have the network. A lot of people are like, what if they turn it into a book? It's like you don't understand publishing, all right? It's not the quality of your book or who you are or, or, or how what the potential for, for revolutionary advancement might be. That Poor Rich's Retirement and Reconnaissance Man alone, worthless. Pretty much every one of my books, if everybody read it in high school, there, there'd be a genuine revolution and, and renaissance within the United States. We'd, we'd have insane economic growth. All of our, being deadly serious, all of our financial problems would go away. But no matter how good the book is, what really gives value to a book is the network that you have. And this company is a multi-billion dollar company. And they got the networks and they just got the printing and they could do it. They could just like, yeah, so don't worry. Like me, I wasn't going to make that much anyway. You know, I may I look for self-published. I do astoundingly well. I do incredibly well for a self-published author. But the world of like, oh, yeah, I get into this publishing company and then they, they take this book and then I get a 5% cut of $30 million and so It doesn't happen that way. So it's like, yeah, fine, take it. They do have to credit me though. They do have to credit me. So maybe down the road, 
they publish it, it becomes a bestseller. And then, oh, people want to know, you know, I'm the next Vince Flynn. But uh, people are like, dude, did you sell out? I was like, no, I didn't. I got the money and I paid off the house. I'm done. <laughs> I'm happy. I am happy as all hell. If they want to go and run with it and go ahead and make billions off of my book that I was going to make billions with anyway. <clears throat> I don't need billions. Um, yeah, so take those classes. And then we have my Betterment program. If you want to start investing in IRAs, you're like about that time. You're like, yeah, I paid off all my debts. Now what? Well, why not set up an IRA? Uh, I can't recommend you invest in anything because everything looks inflated as fuck. But if you want your tax deduction, sure, go through my uh, Betterment affiliate program. You can find that on CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. Click on the Betterment logo. And uh, yeah, and then you fund it and then I get a commission. And then we have my last two final books there, The Best of Captain Capitalism Top Shelf and Captain Capitalism Reserved. Those are uh, available on Amazon.com. They're not in audio or Kindle. No, they are in Kindle, but they're not in audio, just paperback and Kindle. And those are basically the best of my blog posts. And that's it. Hang on. You know what? I got to give me a second. Here, hang on. Put this down. Let me grab my phone. I gotta track this rainstorm and see what's happening. Alright, here it is. It's playing now. Oh no, we gotta run an ad. Ah, look at this monster rain coming in. Like a little bit of rain coming in. What time is it? Is this five minutes increments? 40, 30, 20. Man, that's just moving real slow. I may, yeah, may still be able to take the motorcycle. It might clear up. Although, I'm kind of wondering if another storm's coming behind it that I gotta, like, is a system forming behind it? <clears throat> no, it doesn't look it. All right, I'll have to look for the future weather forecast. Impossible to find weather. Um, the future maps where they played and like you try and go to weather.com is so overloaded with advertising bullshit you never get to the fucking map you want and they hide it down then you gotta go accuweather that's a little bit better but i found it's just easier to go to like your local weather station like i think it's wcco i go to and they got this this radar map and okay fine you gotta listen to like maybe a little bit of advertisement then it pops up like okay here's this map it makes very easy sense you click future for it to see what the future rain is going to look like and pass to see what has happened in the four but weather.com all those communists those fucking uh, global war- every article every article's global warming every article it's like dude don't be the media you know we just want the truth from the media and we just want the fucking weather from your goddamn weather i know i know you weather people, yeah, you, you, you got nothing else going on. You don't want to admit that. Now you just predict the weather. That's what you do. You, you like, like, uh, like all these other corporations. You think that your value comes from your career. It doesn't. It's, it's your life and how you spend your time with people. But you think you got it. So now you have to do meteorologist plus, and always that plus, that added thing is leftist politics or social justice warrioring. You can't just Target just can't sell shit. They have to sell shit plus and look at our transgendered bathrooms. You know, Coke just can't sell fizzy death water. They got to sell fizzy death water 
Plus, look at how open-minded and diversity and special corporate social responsibility. Lumber 84, there's another one. How'd Lumber 84 do? I wonder what they're doing now. Lumber 84, you just can't sell fucking lumber, can you? No, you got to do lumber plus uh, pro-illegal immigration. I wonder what happened to Lumber 84. Let's find out, shall we? Six months after the Super Bowl. Lumber 84. See if there's anything in the news. Uh, June 23rd. Here we go. Lumber 84 announces corporate realignment. <laughs> well, what's this? I don't know if this is good or bad. Building supplies retailer 84 Lumber announced a corporate reorganization that said will help the company expand across the country. The company will have four <coughs> targeted divisions in the central, mid-Atlantic, southeast, and southwest portions of the country. The Central Division, for instance, will have 90 stores in Pennsylvania, New York, West Virginia, Ohio. So what, you're just reorganizing based on geography? This was news? Uh, Lumber 84 also announced it had hired Paul Yader as its chief information officer, promoted David Cochran to vice president of store operations, and David Hilton to president of installed sales, and Jim Barbies to vice president of national sales. We look forward to 2017 to see great opportunities across the organization. Said Lumber 84 CEO Frank Cicero. Wait a minute. Did, I thought the chick was the CEO. What happened here? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did they get rid of their CEO after let's all go suck illegal alien dick? What was this guy's name? No, I don't want that one. No, no, don't want that one. Pittsburgh Times. Where's this guy's name? Frank Cicero. Bear with me, guys. I'm wondering if they got rid of the... Because uh, it, it was a gal. Maybe she was the owner. Uh, CEO. Corporate realignment. New hires. July 20th. No. Got to put Frank Cicero in quotes. Frank Cicero, 84 Lumber, Corporate Realignments. Oh, it was! Look at this, guys! So in January, uh, he was their chief operating officer. Chief operating officer, Frank Cicero. Okay, while 84 Lumber has... 20, 250 locations from 30, cent, 30 states. It's planning robust expansion. It should finish 2017 with an additional 20 locations, according to Chief Operating Officer Frank Cicero. What happened to the former CEO? Yeah. Oh, I'm wondering if they got enough backlash. New CEO. Let's do that. New CEO. Corporately. No, see, I wonder if they'd even make a press release. They just asked the lady to... Please kindly step down. Ba -da -ba. Oh, yeah, there's nothing. Oh, they totally buried that. Yep. Oh, look at the little bit of detective work old Cappy Meister did there for you guys. Oh, all right. Oh, what else? Um, Do I want to do this? Nah, this is long enough. All right, that's it. Listen, I'm going to go and hit the gym and prepare for my wonderful motorcycle ride and try to avoid rain. 
share, like, comment, subscribe, all that other stuff. Men, check your nuts in the shower for testicular cancer. Ladies, uh, we're not, we don't wear pink. We do not wear pink. We don't raise awareness. Raising awareness doesn't do anything, but, but it makes people feel good because they put pink baseball gloves on when they swing a stick at a sphere. Uh, just go get your mammograms. Please do that, ladies. Make sure you ain't got the uh, breast cancer. That's that's what we got to do. And, and I know I'm an evil, sexist, mean person because I will never... Like, if I was one of those baseball... If I was a professional athlete and they said, Hey, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. You got to wear pink. I'm like, no, I'm not wearing pink. No, nope, I'm not. No, I am not. I am not. I don't care. You can you can find me and feed me and make... And then what I would do is I'd donate like $5 million to breast cancer awareness. And then if anyone ever came up to me and said like, Hey... You know, what did you do? You know, why aren't you wearing this? I say, because it's all bullshit. I donated $5 million to breast cancer research. What did you guys do? I guarantee you everybody out there didn't donate. They just wore the pink gloves because truthfully, they love feeling better about themselves than poor women that actually have breast cancer. And that'd be the emperor has no clothes kind of moment. And then holy shit, the guy who they were all punishing actually donated money while nobody else did. Meanwhile, the Susan G. Komen Foundation and the NFL make millions off of you naive fucking sheep giving your money to that bullshit. All right, that's it. We'll see you guys later. Toodles.